People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome back to another edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I'm your co-host, Joe. I'm here with Matt. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, everybody? First and foremost, we have wrestling on in the background, as usual. I forget which is which. Well, that's WrestleTron. Thank you. That's yeah. WrestleTron. So on WrestleTron, we've got a Brawl for All match from back in the WWF days. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio versus The Godfather, complete with hoes, mind you. <laughs> And on, we still haven't came up with We haven't named this no. one yet, no. On the other screen, uh, we're watching an old WCW Monday Nitro. Currently in the ring are uh, Kevin Nash and Sting as part of the Wolfpack. They're currently tag team champions, taking on Harlem Heat. We have arguments going on, and we have the world tag team title on the line only tomorrow night. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Harlem Heat. Wait a minute, Harlem Heat, please listen to me. Right now, we all three or four of us need to stay focused on Halloween Havoc, on Harlem Nash, not on the Colonel right now. Stay focused. Tomorrow, Let me tell focus. You, it kind of goes like this. Right now, Colonel, we're going to stick this thing to the side because we got business to attend to tomorrow night. Harlem Nash, that's business first at hand. You want to come out sticking your nose in our business? With that, it's not a wise move. And tomorrow night, we're gonna take care of business like we always do. No playing, no jiving, just business. We became six times world tag team champions. Not because we weren't the toughest guys, not because we weren't the baddest guys, but we're, because we're the meanest. And come tomorrow night, you're gonna find out. Tell them, baby. Hall and Ness, I want you to know one thing. A lot of tough teams have tried. But they all fail, and you know what? Because we are the best at what we do, despite what happened tonight. And it goes like this. Come Halloween Havoc, everybody out there with an NWO t-shirt on, you can use that t-shirt to wash your stinking eyes when we come out victorious. Now you can take it and shove it, if you know what I'm and that's your mind. It is all tomorrow night for the World Tag Team title, and back on Saturday night together right after this. Matt was so kind as to remind me when Harlem Heat 2000 was a thing <laughs> and we all got to see uh, an overweight Ahmed Johnson be part be part of that. It's He's got an interesting story too because if I remember reading correctly they the only reason why he was let go from WWE or F at the time was because he left for a personal issue, I think it was a family situation, which I think they were okay with. He just he just didn't tell anybody. He just stopped showing up. <laughs> and I don't know, had he had said like, "Hey, I have a death in the family," something like that, he probably could have still had a job had he had wanted one. So I, interesting guy because man, he was his, he was a fucking brick house in his heyday and. That he was, but some of his in-ring work sometimes was was shoddy. You're right. You know, and right. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know what uh, Ahmed Johnson's future would have held for him if he had stayed. You know, and not that he did any much better here in WCW, but that's a whole nother can of worms because <laughs> it was like it was like the inmates running the asylum at some point. So, and then you know, obviously the the weight he put on did not help his his situation. Yeah, he put on a lot of weight in a very short period of time. Yeah, he was, dude, he was shades of himself. <laughs> Turned into Ahmed nonsense. <laughs> Speaking of hot garbage, if you find yourself needing to take out the trash, then you should do it with Hefty Brand Trash Bags. Hefty Brand Trash Bags come in multiple sizes, outdoor, indoor, unscented, and scented. Lemony fresh. Hefty trash bags are available right now over at Amazon.com. Have them shipped directly to your door with Amazon Prime. Visit 20x20crew.com slash post slash Amazon to get rid of that hot garbage. That's right. 20x20crew.com slash post slash Amazon for all your hot garbage needs. So we're getting we're getting to we're, we're both of these. If you guys couldn't pinpoint any of the you know between the Brawl for All and Wolfpack, this is 1998 WWF WCW. At this point in your in your fandom, mm-hmm. what's 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 more what's a bigger priority on Monday nights for you at this point? And, and we'll call it mid to mid mid 1998. I, by this time, I was already getting tired of the NWO. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they've, they're split into factions now. There's more than one NWO. and It's always like, it's it's like a horrible foreshadowing. You know, like, if you're doing that and you're just like splitting hairs at that point, there's going to be multiples and it's just, it's something gets lost in translation at the end of the day and for me at least that's what happened here with with the nwo i mean it was cool to see the wolf pack from for a hot minute because in my eyes those three guys hall nash and six x-pac those three were the ones that were responsible for most of the genuine camaraderie out of the clique mm-hmm. and so when hall and nash go to wcw immediately there's that bond and it's you could see it you know, it was it was forever present between them two. Anybody else was like, I don't want to say hanger on, but it just wasn't the same uh, necessarily. And then, you know, obviously Waltman comes to WCW and he becomes six. It was like having, it really was like having the band back together. To see those guys just come out to the ring with one another or support one another, it was always different to me mm-hmm. than the rest of the NWO. Here comes the Wolfpack. They split off. Again, you have Hall and Nash, but then you have, like, they're recruiting Sting and Lex Luger and, you know, eventually Macho Man. It's just, like, it just, it was it was too much. Too much of the same for me, and I just, I was like, I, I'm, I'm pretty much done. As far as DX goes... Who's on the screen right now in WrestleTron. Uh, right. Uh, you have the New Age Outlaws. So, as far as DX goes, you know, the, I, I guess... For all intent and purposes, their counterpart in the Monday Night Wars. That was always a little more refreshing and and off the cuff for me. Because it wasn't about the same shit week after week. And even if it was, it was portrayed different. You know, you never knew what they were going to come out and and say or do. And even if that was it, it was still, to me, more entertaining than the same old NWO bullshit. Now, how, how would DX have differed 
had they'd have the creative control that you know a, a Hogan and Hall Nash had would it, would it have been different would it have been better or do we see similar destruction that we saw with the NWO you know more often than not you'll catch us on on our episodes talking about Vince McMahon in a, a negative manner I gotta say this is one instance where he comes up in conversation and it's actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. I say that because if you go back to the beginning of what was to become DX, it was all basically what Vince McMahon didn't want. Yeah. You know? And and that was doing part a lot to Shawn Michaels and also Triple H, but more so Shawn Michaels. He was the one that was bucking the system. Now, you, you have to ask yourself, like, who put that system in place? Well, Vince McMahon did. So they literally took all his rules and did shit against them. So if Vince McMahon wasn't around, keep those checks and balances, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think DX, I, I think DX still would have been a thing, but it would have been something different. And I'm not so sure that it would have been good. I mean, let's face it. I, you and I both come from similar uh, working backgrounds at some point in our 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 life mm-hmm. sometimes giving the keys to the castle to to the fucking serfs as opposed to anybody else you know it's not always a good thing man you know people some people need some sort of management even if it's to to be led to an example to buck against yeah and i think yeah. that was i think that that's what worked well with dx you know yeah i mean it, it's it's kind of a not to be so extreme but it's it's kind of like a, a perfect situation where you have the rebellious group mm-hmm. that are rebellious behind the screen or behind the scenes, but then you have your your authoritative figure who doesn't want this and and says you know and, and sets limits, but also reads the the audience to the point where it's like, all right, go out there and be DX, but you know here's lines that you you can't cross. Now, of course, they were crossed quite a quite a few times, <laughs> and you know you dealt with it. However, you dealt with it. But nowadays, that I don't know if that happens because how many times do we see? And this is where it gets bad, Vince McMahon, where we see the audience reacting a certain way, and he's like, "Now nah, we're gonna do it this way, anyways." So this is kind of like one of those like examples of how Vince McMahon could be good and bad at the same time because. Back then, he he listened to his audience, and back then, though, he also had this to battle with. What I what I hated about the NWO, you know, I'm one of those people that love the NWO. Keep in mind, you and I, we have about ten years age difference. You know, the the Wolfpack at the time was different to me. They were they were cool. I love sure, yeah. You know, Red and Black was cool. They were also good guys. Although I did like the original NWO, I never liked Hogan. Even even as a young kid, I was like, this guy sucks. And then, uh, but I love Sting. But even then, I, I was putting two and two together. I'm like, wait a minute. Six months ago, he was battling the NWO to, to save WCW. Now he's in the NWO. What happened? What did I miss? Like, you, you, WCW started becoming a thing where if you didn't watch it every single week, something drastic would happen. And it wasn't always for the best. Right. And... <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm one of those guys that fanboys of NWO hate me because I look at NWO and I was like, yeah, it was cool. But, man, it was cool for, like, five minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Bullet Club is, you know, not to make this a Bullet Club topic, but the Bullet Club gets called an NWO ripoff. And, sure, they took some things from them. But the NWO wish 
they were the Bullet Club because that's how you do a hostile takeover. Yeah, yep. And they're still doing it and to this still day. doing it. You know, I know some people are saying, oh, it's not the same since the Elite left and all that stuff. That's fine. It's not meant to be the same. <laughs> it's it's good in, in, in entirely different ways. There's some things going on in the Bullet Club right now that... Well, well, let's talk about it briefly here. Before we talk about our regular topics, you have G.O.D., who Tamatunga is a Bullet Club original. Mm-hmm. At Sacrifice in February of, of, of this year, uh, they get him and his brother get kicked out of the Bullet Club by Jay White. And for me, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> but here's the thing about the Bullet Club and this whole scenario. I feel there's a long-term angle here that we still have, we have to be patient and let it unfold. I don't know if Tamon and his brother are, are done with the Bullet Club. I don't think they are, but we'll see how that plays out. But the difference between this situation and you know anything the NWO did, they've earned my patience. I'm gonna wait and see how this plays out. I can give two shits about Anderson and Gals at these this day and age. I don't think they're worth a damn, in my opinion. But I trust in Jay White. I trust in New Japan booking. I'm, I'm gonna wait and see how this plays out. Though I, I a Bullet Club without God is it's empty. It's a little empty for me. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Gallows and Anderson, they're a long ways away of what from what they used to be. I don't call me crazy, but I don't see them regaining any of that momentum, any of that steam, popularity, whatever you want to call it. I don't see them regaining that anytime soon. G.O.D. not being in the Bullet Club, yeah. <laughs> there definitely is uh, an emptiness, even with the likes of, you know, Jay White and Chris Bay and what have you. <laughs> About patience, uh, you 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 used a, a turn of phrase like they've earned your patience. Is that what it takes these days for for any fan to be interested in something long term? Does something have to resonate with you to a certain extent to where it does earn your patience and you'll keep you'll keep uh, abreast of what's going on and follow things? Or is it most fans just don't have patience in general these days? Like, well, think think about pro wrestling. These day, this day and age, and well, the, the the hottest company in town is still AEW, and it's going to remain that way for for some time. I'm going to keep saying it until until they they prove me wrong. They can't fucking go a month <laughs> without multiple people showing up. Multiple people, we're all elite now. That's what people flock to. And if you and and here's the thing, and, and a lot, you know, AEW Revolution, it happened earlier this month. Solid show. It's, but you know what it felt like to me, Joe? It felt like an independent wrestling show, a good independent wrestling show that just happened to be on pay-per-view. By that, an independent wrestling show, what does it lack? It lacks angles and storylines, programs, whatever the hell you want to call them. It lacks all of that. AEW Revolution, with the exception of a couple of matches, lack that storyline-driven match. I mean, what did you have? You had Punk versus MGF. That was... A very well put together program. There's no doubt about that. Both those guys did amazing things with that. And they had a decent match. Not my favorite dog collar match by any means. Right. I don't like one guy. The, the guy that lost doesn't have any blood on him. That's not good. Yeah. But still a solid match. But what what else did you have? Ty Conti and... Not, sorry, not Ty Conti. I'm sorry. Fuck that match. Um, <laughs> Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker... They have they have a they have a pass okay solid match Moxley and Danielson a little bit of a back and forth good match but that's really it 
Colin Page was put together like three weeks prior. Not really anything special there. The match was good, but nothing special there. Everything else was just fucking just thrown together. When you have a quarterly pay-per-view system, which is what they have. They have four years. Yep. You have roughly three months to start building towards this fucking pay-per-view. Joe, about ten days prior to Revolution, there was only Punk versus MJF. Ten days prior to the show. Yeah, that w- it was that soon. Okay. And then, and then, like on a Saturday, they're like, "Oh, here's all the matches happening on Revolution." Whoa. Yeah, where did all that <laughs> come from? You have three hours of TV time every single week. You tell me you had no time to just book start booking this this pay per view to get people excited about it. And, and the thing is, there's gonna all the fanboys who listen to us will be like, "You guys are stupid." They sold out. <laughs> they sold out Orlando. We don't know what the buy rate is at this point, but I'm sure it was a good buy rate. And yeah, you're right. They did. But eventually, you're going to run out of people who are going to be like, we're all elite. Because you're going to get everybody that, you, that you're going to have. And then and then what? what's left? You're left with that impatient fan that has nothing to really tout about anymore. Or you're going to start making people all elite that your fan base is like, what the fuck? And then you're... Which should already be happening. You're right. And that roster will become even more bloated. Nobody likes a bloated roster. <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't do uh, any any anybody any good when you have a roster that has way too many people that are really doing bare minimum. Not by their own accord, just the fact that there's nothing there. There's just not enough... There's not enough TV time. They still don't know how to utilize dark and, and darker. <laughs> it's yeah, the, obviously, because well, that was that was going to be my next question. Was like mm-hmm. they're ten days out, and then all they had was was MJF and Punk. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, all these matches get booked. I don't watch Dark and Elevation. Were any of those matches like decided on those programs? And if so, why didn't we hear about them on Dynamite? No, they were just they were it was just basically like this thrown online saying here. Because that I could understand that. If they were if you had a match that happened or got set up on dark or elevation and then they forgot to mention it for whatever reason on Dynamite, okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy that in a heartbeat. If none of that is going on, and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, by the way, this is happening. I could see how all of that is just completely lost in translate. I don't know about you guys out there, but that pisses me off. I don't care how good the matches are are supposed to be, or how excited you are. Like, why can't you just fucking take the time and book the matches in advance? Right. The only the only issue I had with the booking altogether. <laughs> Was the the, the three way tag match, which by the way was, was a very good match. You had it was the Bucks, the Bucks, Red Dra- and Red Dragon, right? And then who was the other team? That's how it was booked. The other team happens to be your tag team champions, but that's how they booked it. I understand that booking, but this is how they this is how they put it together. So you have Jurassic Express. They don't they they have no rivalry going in. You know weeks. Two weeks prior to 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 their to the big pay per view, so they have a battle royal, right? Red Dragon wins the battle royal, but even in that first battle royal, there's and keyword first, there's a little bit of uh, back and forth between them and then Bucks. So you can see the history 
is starting to kind of unfold there, the rivalry. Well, the following week, they do it again. Everybody in the fucking AEW fan base knows the Young Bucks are winning this one, and the Young Bucks win, and now it's Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. And oh yeah, we'll throw Jurassic Express in there because they happen to be the champs. Look, I get it. Jurassic Express wins. The, the rivalry between Red Dragon and Young Bucks continues. You could have booked it that way if you gave it time. You could have had Dragon and Bucks going at it, and then the Jurassic Express reminding them that, hey, we're still the fucking champs. You're not going to overlook us. And that's that'd be your angle. It's a very simple angle that they didn't even bother to take the time to do. That is why Tony Khan, and I'll say it here, and I don't care if, what anybody says, it's the fucking truth. Tony Khan is a shit, shit booker. No, he's not. He's booker of the year. Twice in a row, baby. <laughs> says who? Is Says that, the Wrestling Observer, yeah, obviously. Yeah, shit magazine. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to him being the Booker of the Year. Not, not in a long shot, and neither am I per se. But I know my fundamentals, and I, and I would have word again. I would have approached it similar to that. Because it makes sense. It makes sense. It's a viable story option. There, very little build-up needs to happen right. if you go that route. Mm-hmm. You know, So you are saving a lot of time. It still is all relevant. And you get that third team in there. It makes sense even for one man. I digress. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up um, AEW and their quarterly pay-per-views. And uh, we are approaching WrestleMania season. Uh, I had a, a fairly multi-layered question here for you. Is WrestleMania a thing of the past? And when I say that, uh, what I mean is wrestling companies these days, do they just need that one big event anymore? Or is that one big event gone by the wayside and played out for professional wrestling for for w, for for pro wrestling or wwe in general pro wrestling Just pro oh as a as a whole does we need that one one event no we don't okay i don't i don't think so because pro wrestling just like a lot of other types of fandom out there it's it's exposed so much to to the masses as is um and, and also, too, keep in mind, we, whether it's WWE, whether it's AEW, or it's other pro wrestling companies, we glorify it in, in, a, in a sense now that we don't rely on pop and circumstances for, for the most. Now, yeah, you still have, you still have your, your large quantity, which, which still equals the minority of fans that rely on on these types of things but wrestlemania for example has lost its meaning and this is before we talk about any kind of card it or, or our disgruntlement with the company it's just lost its meaning compared to what it was because it's no longer the extravaganza that it needs to be don't get me wrong like it's still a big ass event i mean it's being held at our you know at&t stadium a huge fucking venue it's gonna be a lot of popping pop circumstances and all that shit, but it's not as important as it was in the 1980s. It's not as important as it was in the 1990s. They're always going to try to build it up to be as as such. But look at how WWE does their card. I mean, we'll talk about it briefly here. The WrestleMania card is shit, and it's not just my opinion. It is very poorly put together to the point to where if Vince McMahon wasn't the one doing this, I and and this is one this is one of those things where you would be like. Oh, Vince McMahon would be rolling in his grave if he saw this WrestleMania card because 
Look at what he did and what the company did in the past. Even when they used celebrities, it fucking meant something. They, you know, when you, when you brought Mr. T in for the first WrestleMania, you, you also brought in Cindy Lauper and, and, and Muhammad Ali. You didn't just bring them in just to bring them in. You you did the, the rock and wrestling thing on MTV or whatever it was. And you made it this big, like, cultural thing. They don't do that anymore. I know for myself and a lot of fans my, that, that are in the same boat as me... We don't look at that as like, we need this event. Now, you know, you have something like Wrestle Kingdom. Do you look forward to that? Like it's fucking Christmas every year? Of course you do. Does wrestling need something like that? In, in, in the sense that I think you're asking me, and I, I don't think so. Okay. Not anymore. Hope that answers your question. No, it does. So how do you feel about the way AEW is approaching their events? You know, they don't have their quote-unquote Wrestlemania mm-hmm. and I'll say yet because I mean that can always change but sure. what they do is they have their quarter you know one one pay-per-view per quarter so you get four a year but then you also have like special editions of Dynamite and what have you yes how do you feel about that approach as opposed to having one gigantic focus on something like a Wrestlemania does it work better does it not work better I you know without having like actual buy rate numbers in front of me I, I feel it works better to have everything be an equal playing form or playing field you know again I'm not picking on WWE by any means but you know back in back in the day Back in the, we'll go 1995-ish, okay. 1995, 1996, even 97, you had your big five pay-per-views, right? Rumble, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, and Survivor Series. And then you had your in-your-house pay-per-views, which I, th- I believe were actually cheaper, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, they were. Those, you know, they wanted to get into the pay-per-view market, but, you know, when you had June, or sorry, you had July... You know, in your house, you know, beware of dog, which I think was a main pay-per-view actually, but, you know, beware of dog, that's nowhere near the relevance of a WrestleMania. You were going to, you weren't going to get, you know, uh, Austin versus The Rock at those shows. I know that's a bad analogy because they weren't at that level yet, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. You weren't going to get that. You weren't going to get, you know, Omega versus Hangman at, at, in your house. You would have gotten Omega versus sunny kiss or something like that sure you know i wasn't buying pay-per-views at that time to me though if i was i'd be like well, what's the fucking point <laughs> what are you what are you selling me i i don't you know what i mean so if you have four pay-per-views and you can look at double or nothing right because double or nothing was their first show mm-hmm. so double double or nothing you could look at that like that's our wrestlemania right so that's the one you have to buy well then you're telling me the other ones aren't going to be as big. They're good. They can still be good, but they won't be as big. Instead, hey, dull or nothing, it's going to be huge. All out, it's going to be huge. You know, full gear is going to be huge. And that's, you know, and, and, I, and I love that approach for everybody because now you give everybody a reason to tune in. And, and in their case, especially because right now... They don't have a streaming service. They do rely on traditional pay-per-view buy rates. You, ha- you only have four... You can't really, you know, have, I mean, you can't afford it. It'll be fine. But you really can't afford to be like, hey, essentially tell somebody this is more important than this. They're all equally as important because you only have four. If you had 12, I would say you do the exact same thing. But if you have 12, you better go streaming service. Now, to answer your question about the special dynamites, I do like that too. Because again, you do only have four pay-per-views. 
you do have situations where you have a high profile match that you know i'm not saying get out the way because that doesn't make it sound good but get out the way though yeah. <laughs> and you know you could say hey you know we're doing fighter fest in june you know two week and then and, and then build it up like we're gonna have every, every title is gonna be on the line Maybe have a lights out match, something, you know what I mean? And treat it like a pay-per-view, but then you give it away for free. So this is a good opportunity to where if you, if you're not, if, if you're not sold on the pro, maybe, maybe you haven't bought a pay-per-view yet. This is your opportunity to say, look at how good our, this show is. You know, we try to put on our best show every single week, but we're doing it even more for you this time. Imagine if you paid us for the even bigger pay-per-view. It, there's that aspect. And there's also, I always like this too. And, and and kudos to Impact Wrestling. They don't get enough kudos for this. Of course, they had to take this route because they were losing money on pay-per-view at, at, at the time. But they started doing the pay-per-view-esque Impact tapings. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. It was it was just like, hey, here's our, here's our best. You don't have to pay us extra for it. Just please come watch. And... You know they relied on relied on sponsorships to to and, and live sales. I, I think that's still that's also a good marketing for. I, I think that's a good marketing ploy as well, to where you are highlighting your best card that you possibly can, but you don't have to always get extra money in the process. Now, if you went streaming, you could do this shit all the time and get away with it. You could an impact starting to do that now. Impact's putting on a special show every single month and all you gotta do is pay the eight bucks a month and you get all this extra content and all this stuff but for what AEW does no I think that's the way that a lot of companies are doing it and should be doing it when it comes to Wrestlemania obviously it is much referred to as like the pinnacle of shows when it comes to the sports entertainment or wrestling industry there's one thing that always has, has always made Wrestlemania stand out and that's the Wrestlemania moment that's probably a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask was by not having that one gigantic event per year and approaching things the way AEW is approaching things how does that change the quote unquote Wrestlemania moment for AEW events if it happens at one of their shows or a special Dynamite does it cheapen it because it's not part of a gigantic event or is it still that special because again you're splitting up that that level of importance for every show you're not focusing it all on one it's it's a it's a fair question because it's the pros and cons of doing what i said uh versus how it used to be done and and i i agree with that is the reward worth the risk of losing that quote-unquote wrestlemania moment or that special moment every april you will call it early april you have WrestleMania, right? You relied on that. Then what happens? You rely on that company to deliver that. Now, what happens when that company stops delivering on that? They stop delivering on on Austin versus Rock. They stop delivering on the Daniel Bryan or WrestleMania 30 and Kofi Mania, some of the more recent ones. Sure. Last year with Sasha Banks and, and Bianca Belair, it was a hell of a moment. Yeah, it was. There's some pay-per-views. Like, do you remember the WrestleMania moment for WrestleMania 27. The main event was The Miz versus John Cena. Do you remember that? No. No, I don't. So you... you Your risk-reward is having a, a dud of a pay-per-view. A dud of a show, which... Over the years, I mean, let's go back. Let's not be. Let's let's pick at some older WrestleManias. WrestleMania 11 was is, has been dubbed as one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Your main event, Bam Bam Bigelow versus my boy Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, baby. How many people remember WrestleMania moments from that show? I don't. 
I, I don't. So I love the idea of having that special moment because like you work all year for that. It goes away in WWE standards. It goes away because they give those WrestleMania moments to celebrities now. So now it's irrelevant. <laughs> but also too, if you book a great moment, a great show, a great story. And you tell it right, you, you you do the match right, you can have that special moment anywhere. Does it cheapen it because it's not at the, the pop and circumstances WrestleMania event? It can, but I think that's it's a culture thing that has to change. And I think it has already changed to where we don't rely on one show to do it all for us anymore. WrestleMania, as far as here in Western civilization, is the last show to have that meaning. You know, back in the day, you had WrestleMania, you had Starcade, right? Mm-hmm. Those were the shows. Somebody could make an impact at those shows. Starcade doesn't exist anymore, obviously. All you have left is WrestleMania, and WrestleMania has been hit or miss throughout the past 15 years, at least. AEW doesn't have that impact. Try to have that with Slammiversary. Uh, sorry, not Slammiversary, Bound for Glory. Right. They even made the mistake saying, our WrestleMania, shouldn't do that. Wrestle King, or... New Japan doesn't has never really depended on Wrestle Kingdom to do to be the the sole moment maker. They do it all year round, so it becomes like a Western culture thing. And I think I think the culture has changed to where we don't we don't have that anymore. You you can have your big moment anywhere at any time, and to me that's more exciting because it gives you a reason to tune in. One last thing I'll say. When you were a WWE fan, once Survivor Series hit, you had like a month off because nothing ever good happens in December. <laughs> but then wrestling kind of changed a little bit, and now it's a all-year-round kind of thing. You know, you don't have just WrestleMania season. You have everything. You have wrestling all the time. So that's my take. We mentioned, or I mentioned WrestleMania moments. As a fan, obviously you hear that phrase, and you have you can't help but wonder about the expectation of it all. Yeah. And when you say WrestleMania moment, that phrase, I mean, I don't know about you, but it it sparks a, a level of expectation in me that I wouldn't have otherwise because it is supposed to be very important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if your company doesn't have a WrestleMania, but they have important moments, to you personally, how does that change the level of expectation as a fan when it comes to moments like that? Do the expectations become unrealistic to the point of no return? And if so, how much of it is that company's fault and how much of it is a fan's fault? Again, for, for me, that's still that's still a cultural change because no company will probably, at least not anytime soon, will probably have something that is WrestleMania-esque because you go back, to, again, to WrestleMania 1, 2, and, and at least the first two WrestleManias. They're big deals, but they're not WrestleMania big deals, right? It, it didn't become that mega big deal until you got Andre versus Hope. Okay. And so... You know, like what I said about Impact Wrestling when they were like, oh, Bound for Glory is our WrestleMania. You can't just slap WrestleMania on your on your pay-per-view and say, this is our WrestleMania. Right? It, it has, you have to build that culture. You have to build that that stigma, like this this is the event. Sure, yep. So AEW is too new, and, and, and they, they, haven't, they haven't done that yet. They've put on good pay-per-views, of course, but they haven't done it to where 
hey, Double or Nothing is our WrestleMania. All to me, All Out would be more of their their WrestleMania if if you paid attention because All Out is play on words for All In, which. If All In doesn't happen, AEW doesn't happen. I haven't been proven wrong on that one yet. Yeah. As far as expectations, I, I think that's a tricky one because we we as fans, sometimes our expectations are through the roof and we set ourselves up for disappointment. I still do that. I, I, I do that on things that aren't wrestling related. <laughs> you know, and you just got to just, oh, okay, that's, that's not what I thought it was going to be. But again, I think it's hard to gauge wrestling fans nowadays because what makes a wrestlemania moment what makes a big moment if you ask anybody right now in AEW, what was the biggest moments that they ever had in that company it was cm punk when he showed up well that was on an episode of rampage <laughs> right you know <laughs> but you know that that same that the, the very next pay-per-view which was all out what was the biggest thing that happened that night most people remember adam cole debuted to them, that's the WrestleMania moment. That's the big moment. That's not really a moment. That's just somebody debuting. Say, hey, I'm here. You know, a big moment is, dare I say Voldemort's name, Chris Benoit, making Triple H tap out in the middle of the ring. And then him and Eddie Guerrero hug in the middle of the ring. That's a WrestleMania moment. That's something that loses it. You can't do it on Raw because it doesn't it doesn't mean much. You can't do it, and you you know you, you if you did it at you know Backlash or something like that, it doesn't mean a whole lot. So I I, I see what you're saying in in the sense of that, like it's WrestleMania. You made Triple H tap out. You, you're the World Heavyweight Champion, even though it was the second time. If you asked Chris, which he mentioned in his documentary, that was his first time winning a world title because it, it felt like he earned it. It was finally the pinnacle of everything that he's. Done. That's a WrestleMania moment. So how do you get that in other companies? You just have to build that prestige. To me, one way AEW can do that is continue, continue to do their special episode of Dynamite, right? And then make all, again, I, I still say make all four equal, but make them prestigious. Every single pay-per-view is a must-watch. I know that sounds extreme, but you do so few of them that it's not that big of a stretch. You're not doing it monthly. You're doing it once a quarter. It's the pay-per-views where you get, you know, the rivalry comes to an end. The final battle, the big pay-per-view championship match comes comes ahead. Like, all of that comes to a head. And you can build it, and you can build it that way if you build the storylines, you build the angles, you, 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 you promote, you promote, you promote, you promote, you promote. That's how you do that. AEW fails at that. Miserably fails at that. As far as the expectations go, to me, it's it's a product of I think both the fans. The fans don't always know what they want, and I think that's the difference between fans of today and fans of yesterday. We wanted the NWO. We wanted Stone Cold. We wanted DX. We didn't always want the others. All right, and, and there's some there's some downside of that too because there's a lot of legit talent that was there and wasn't appreciated. You know, Disco Inferno not being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> So that's there, there are downsides to that, but this day and age, it just seems like we just want we don't necessarily want the best talented guys. We want the guys who have social media presence. We want the young bucks because we love being the elite. We we want Adam Cole because we love to say Adam Cole, baby. Stupid reasons like that, you know what okay. I mean? It's not always because of how great they are, even though those are talented guys. But like what we as a wrestling community, and and I put myself in there because. I'm part of the wrestling community. I don't necessarily agree with everything. Our our wants are 
are, are, are things that don't really look good on TV all the time. And as far as the, the company aspect of things, it, it just seems like like a Tony Khan, which it sounds great on paper. Right now, it just seems like he's content on whatever is going to make the crowd go pop. And it sounds like that's what he, you might hear that and say, like, that's what he should be doing. Yes and no. You know, remember, done right, bad heat is still good heat. Right. You pissing off your crowd is not a bad thing. You know, one thing I do, one of the few things I do agree with Jim Cornette on, AW is a world that has no fucking heels besides one guy. That's booking's fault. That's the booker's problem because he doesn't create those bad guys. He doesn't create those heels. We shouldn't have, you know, okay. So sometimes I contradict myself and I'm going to explain it right here before anyone attacks me. You don't have to have good guys versus good guys or good guys versus bad guys all the time. You don't. I, I wholeheartedly stand behind that. But if you're going to have a, a heated rivalry where one guy is clearly breaking all the rules, you as a booker have the unfortunate responsibility to figure out a way to get this guy over and not be cheered as a hero. Adam Cole is always going to have the Bebe chance, but you have to find a way. To, to get that crowd to despise him or all it's going to be is just an, a guy with a big ego versus a guy who doesn't say a whole lot. There's no chemistry in the sense of, of I hate you, I hate you and big good guys and bad guys and all this stuff. None of that exists. The, the crowd was chanting Let, literally let's go at him because they wanted both those guys to fucking win. I just think that one of the things that we talked about in our previous episode about the 20 by 20 by 20, we still have to get better with fundamentals. That plays into a lot of the expectations, issues that we have, because as wrestling fans, and one thing we didn't touch on last week or last episode, was that wrestling fans don't understand fundamentals, and they just buy into what's hot. And I get it. Adam Cole is hot right now. A lot of what AEW is doing is hot, but they're not doing it correctly. It's shame on them, but it's also shame on us as a wrestling fan base. As far as the, I know I kind of veered off a little bit, I apologize, but as far as the WrestleMania moment or the, the big moment aspect of it, it's it's hard to really pinpoint and answer that because we, we are you know living in a wild west when it comes to pro wrestling and there are no rules to anything but i firmly believe that you can have you can have that big moment and have it on double or nothing and again i know i'm picking on AEW here but you can have it on double or nothing you can have it all at all out you can have it at revolution and full gear and all that you can have it on whichever one you want but you have to build it why does wrestlemania have that wrestlemania moment because they built towards that they have a whole season you know, i don't know if they still call it wrestlemania season but they have a whole season where this is WrestleMania season. Anything can happen in WrestleMania season. They built that culture. You have to build your own culture and say, hey, anything can happen at one of our pay-per-view events. Or, you know, I mean, that's that's bad marketing there because it sounds terrible. But <laughs> but that's my, but you get the gist where anything can happen at these big events. You can have, I mean, think about it. Like, it might sound, you know, cheapened if you have four WrestleMania-esque moments a year. But it doesn't have to be cheapened. If you build it and it, it, it all goes without a hitch, yeah, you could have four amazingly beautiful, memorable moments that happen at these big pay-per-views. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I've seen this guy every time. So I, I have wrestling on for my dog every time I you know go to work. And this is, was this, Kevin Green? Yeah, Kevin Green. Every time I see him, he's he's talking but about 
Well, he's about to do to somebody. Did, did he? Did he, he wrestle? Right? He does wrestle. Yes. Okay, because I I've never seen him wrestle. Yet. Yeah. It's All okay. Right. You're not missing much. All right. I, I figured as much. <laughs> he's got the whole very very football very football player part time wrestler gotcha. uh, style of wrestling. Who did he did he rival anybody? <clears throat> well, he ended up being with Flair and the Horsemen. Oh, jeez. And it was whoever they were fighting against obviously the nwo and whatever so but. they had they had kevin green and mongo at one point yeah mm-hmm. uh, they really gave up on the horseman that's a that's a whole nother episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've talked big moments and such in in wrestling speaking of big moments in in wrestling as an industry i don't think i ever thought this would happen in my lifetime at least at least i was not hoping it would you and i have recently found out that ring of honor has been sold to Tony Khan who also runs AEW he is good for half the company he has announced that he's taken over the book he owns the libraries if not for anything those are two very important parts of any professional wrestling organization I haven't talked to you about this personally yet I just want to know your general feelings about the situation maybe some hopes and dreams you have for Ring of Honor in the upcoming months well I talked about it on our Facebook group 20x20 Wrestling Talk the good the bad and the ugly. Well, that's really a bad term. Cause it wasn't good, bad, the ugly. It's but I'll start with the good. Okay. There is good here. <laughs> there is good. The, the good is that Sinclair no longer owns Ring of Honor. Yes, that is definitely a good. That's a good thing. Yep, it's yep. a very good thing. You know the the hopeful part is the library because to me that's the biggest aspect of. It. Before I get to anything else, biggest thing for me is that it didn't go into the hands of Vince McMahon. That's always a good thing, yeah. (laughs) Even though it's, you know, they say, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. The devil that I know is a guy that buys libraries and doesn't show it. To me, that's that's just heartbreaking. How many wrestling companies does, does Vince McMahon own the library to? And we don't see it. It's not on Peacock's WWE Network. It's a shame. There's no reason for it. So the fact that Ring of Honor is going to be in the hands of Tony Khan... I don't know how Tony Khan's going to treat it, but at least it gives me hope that potential there's potential because I know there would be zero potential on Peacock. You would have the best of so-and-so, and the, just like they did with Devolve, and that's it. You know, let's talk about the future now, the future of Ring of Honor. To me, I, I don't think it's changed. I don't think the future of Ring of Honor has gotten, gotten any better now that Tony Khan has announced he's purchased it, simply because Tony Khan has now come out and said that he's going to be booking it as well. Again, I've already said it earlier. He's a shit booker. He just is. I think he means well. Doesn't mean that you know what he, he knows what he's doing. Here we are. You have a company that is scheduled to come back, I believe, April 1st. You know, they have a big, the big match with, with Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito for the uh, undisputed Ring of Honor world title. They, we have Alex Zane versus Swerve. Yes. That, that got made. Swerve is officially all elite. He was, you know, he was announced at Revolution. Uh, other than that, I think you have the Briscoes that are scheduled, but not, but not booked for a match. Deanna Perazzo came out and, and mentioned how interesting it was that Tony Khan now owns it because she works for Impact Wrestling, but she's also the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. There's a lot of plus sides to it. I just don't think Tony Khan needs to be booking this shit. I think Tony Khan, if he wants Ring of Honor to be successful, and and the original talk was that Tony Khan was going to treat it like a farm system, which 
is not far from what Ring of Honor was anyways, that's fine. But Tony Khan should pay the bills and nothing else. Stick with AEW. Get you, get you somebody that you can trust that can book and run it and just watch it from the shadows. If you, they're doing something you don't like, then you come in and you, you make some changes. But until then, because Ring of Honor has a wrestling mentality, Tony Khan has a sports entertainment mentality. If you don't agree with me, just watch his product. It's a sports entertainment company. It's not a wrestling company. I don't think that his taste in pro wrestling mixes with what Ring of Honor should be about. And I'm not trying to hate on, on Tony Khan. Look, I think out of the people that I know were after, I'm sure there was other bidders. I'm glad it went in he, that, he, that he has it. I think he's going to do good finance for good financial things with it i just fear two things one his booking which is garbage and two if it doesn't do well at the gate it probably is going to get scrapped anyways and just used for a library you know by that i mean you know give it a year if it doesn't do well i mean i'm not saying i don't know what what, what he's looking for but i just don't think he's going to keep it long term if it doesn't do well and then the ring of the death of ring of honor would be for sure here so for me, it's it's not big news, but it's not, you know, I wasn't shook by it. It wasn't groundbreaking that I thought it was or that a lot of people thought it was because the only thing that I felt was legitly good about this was the library and everything else, nothing changed. So that's my take on it. I never thought about the possibility of him buying the company and then scrapping it in a, in a timely manner. But that sucks. That sucks that that's even a, a possibility right now. Do you see Ring of Honor's style of wrestling changing drastically once he takes the book over? Or do you think he tries to stick with what worked for Ring of Honor previous to him? I mean, we had the Pure Tournament, yep. which it's not for everybody, but it was also really badass. Mm -hmm. Do we go from something like that to just more of what's going on in AEW? Does he do that to that product? There's gonna be there's gonna be a fan base out there that's gonna be like he should, because AEW is successful and Ring of Honor wasn't. Ring of Honor's success was that they brought wrestling back to the world that was missing it during a time when all you had was sports entertainment. So if you take a sports entertainment company and try to make a wrestling company into a sports entertainment company, all you have is just another dark, you know? <laughs> Darkest. Darkest, yeah. You know, you'll have Ring of Honor pitch black. Like, that's <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's what you would go... Like, why why wouldn't you want something that was different? Why wouldn't you want something that, that hey, like, yeah, on our show we have, you know, high-flying, this and that. Not that you can't have the Ring of Honor, but... Why not have something like this is just wrestling? But the, but then again, I, we say that, and pure wrestling is only part of what made Ring of Honor special. What made Ring of Honor special was that you had, for the first time in a long time, you had a company that was the ultimate variety show. You had pure wrestling. You had high flyers. You had brutality. You had funny moments. You had all that. And you just had a place where people could just craft for a perfect you had, you had a place where people could perfect their craft and, and, and learn learn the business from other wrestlers and take that to either higher you know, higher marks within the wrestling industry or like Ring of Honor, I should say, or take that to another company. This could be a great place for younger talent, maybe talent that you don't have stuff for, but it's great talent. Have them go in there. 
and have them perfect their craft. Have them go in there and, and have just great, great wrestling matches and not have to put on the touch of an AEW because AEW, again, is very sports entertainment-like. It works for them. They have their fan base. Another example, an example that I, I get, I'm going to get called out on all the time because I'm a, I always say how great they are, but look at the, the successful company in Disney. Okay. Disney has owned a lot of things, right? A, a lot of things that people don't know that they were ever a part of. I'm not going to go into that stuff, but I'm going to go into Touchstone. Okay. Disney owned Touchstone. I don't think that they don't you they don't use that that uh, line anymore, but that was theirs. Disney had a reputation of you know doing being doing family oriented shows and movies, so they, there's certain things that they just they wanted the money for they they invested money in it, but they didn't want to slap their logo on it. So what they did was they created Touchstone Pictures. They also bought Hollywood Studios for a while. Okay, and they paid these companies to release these movies they're doing it now with fox with 20th century fox they're doing it with marvel they're they're paying companies to release these movies and they're doing it silently yes i'm sure they put pressure and say hey you gotta meet your deadline you got this x y and z blah 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 but they're letting the creative juices flow that is why you have such a successful company if tony tony khan has his AEW and it's doing very well so you went out and you bought a wrestling another wrestling company congratulations <laughs> do it silently we all know you own it that's there's no there's no going back on that now but do it silently and let somebody else who knows wrestling or other or whether it be an individual or group whatever let them run the wrestling company and just Stay the fuck out of it. You're going to make money if you just stay the fuck out of it. Be like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's my take on, on, on that situation. Speaking of Ring of Honor and AEW, I do want to mention Cody Rhodes. Yeah. He leaves AEW. It immediately becomes public knowledge that he's leaving. Yep. What do you think? Did that help him or hinder him in his process? Because usually when we talk about major talent leaving a company, you automatically kind of go, your mind goes to that that whole, well, if you're such a major talent, you know, shouldn't you be using this to your advantage mm-hmm. to possibly gain more money or gain more of something in your career? But reports are now that it doesn't look like there's such a sure shot of Cody ending up in WWE or anywhere for that matter. What do you think about Cody Rhodes and him leaving AEW to begin with? And then where do you think he lands and where does he go from here? Cody Rhodes is somewhat justified for leaving AEW, in my opinion. But at the same time, me, and I, I should be fine. Yeah, I justified how? Yeah, justified how I would want to fucking leave too if I was promised one thing and then it just gets revoked. And I know it wasn't as black and white. It's not as black and white as that. But it did happen. But it did happen. Yeah. So I understand that. You you had you had a thought process of what it was going to be. Now, where I don't feel justified justified entirely, Cody Rhodes is also a shit booker. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I get it. I get it. I, I would be like, fuck, I fucked that one up too if I was Tony Khan. I mean, it's ship, ship Booker revoking Ship Booker. I mean, it's, it's just... I guess if you're going to have Ship Booker, you should only have one, not, <laughs> you know, five. So I, I, I get it. I, I do get it. Now, where where does he where does he go? If he wants the book, where does he go? 
I, I mean, clearly it's not going to be WWE. I don't think they're going to give him the, 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 the keys to any any castle. I mean, where would, what would he do? In NXT? I don't really think that's going to happen, mainly because of the relationship that, that the Rhodes name has with Vince McMahon. I don't think that he's going to give him the keys to any castle. Quite honestly, I look at this as if he goes to WWE, he's going to go there. And he should know that He should probably know this. He's going to go there. He's going to make money. But he's going to be made to look like a fool. Just like his father was. Just like his brother was. Just like he was before he left. He's going to be made to look like a fool. You know, you talk Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Like anybody should give a shit about that match <laughs> happening at WrestleMania. Fine. Have, have that match happen. What What's going to happen? Seth Rollins wins. Why? Because it's Cody Rhodes. The, the only thing that, that Cody has going for him, that company, is the big paycheck. It'd be the biggest paycheck that he's going to get from anywhere. That's about it. So the, the real question is to Cody is not going to be his legacy, but how much money does he need? I don't think he's hurting for money. I th- you know, he, he did well in AEW. He did well in other wrestling promotions prior. He's got TV shows. T- you know, he, he's still doing that fucking talent show thing. I don't think he needs the money. Okay. So if he's going there for legacy, unfinished business, he's sure as hell not going to find that in WWE. I would bet both my fucking nuts <laughs> and say that there's no way. There's not a chance in hell he's going to win. any. He's going to have any success in WWE. It's just not going to happen. So... Where does he end up? I, dude, I don't, I don't have the slightest fucking idea. Impact Wrestling is a, is a, is a place. I don't see that happening. I don't think they can afford him. I don't think they're willing to pay for somebody like him. And I really think this man is going to want booking power. That's what I, I gathered from the situation because it's like, it, you know, it came out, it was reported by multiple sources that, yeah, this was one of the problems with getting. Agree- agreements on the table you know he wanted he still wanted to book and they weren't going to let that happen so it might not be the only reason that he's leaving but it's at least part of the reason or one of the reasons so i had told matt before we started recording the only other place i could see him potentially going is nwa i think he has an opportunity to further his legacy there i'm more than 50 percent certain that they would probably let him book even if it's a part-time, what have you. He could help them grow. There's a lot of room for growth there. It, it remains to be seen because I don't know that they could afford him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just... All, all I know is, you know, quite honestly, I'm all I care about is, is keeping his dumbass wife out of wrestling. <laughs> um, you know, I just... I get to a point where I just, I just stopped giving a shit about Cody Rhodes. I think a lot of people did. And I don't... I don't hate him. You know, the last match we saw was the the ladder match with Sammy Guevara. I think they put on a good match. He can't book. There's no chance in hell I let him in if he wanted the book. I, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up. I, and, and again, I don't think he has to go anywhere. I, I don't think he has the itch to be a, a, a full-time pro wrestler anymore. And I really don't think he needs the money either. So, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe do a fucking EC3 did. <laughs> Get your own wrestling company. I, I don't even know how to begin to describe that whole situation <laughs> well they had their first show right they did have their first show yes okay how'd it go from what i understand it was very weird <laughs> very weird at this point it, it it's kind of being equated to as like the avant-garde approach to professional wrestling so who's this it's like pro wrestling on the fringe of being pro wrestling yeah 
So I'm not sure what EC3 is trying to accomplish there other than to have complete creative control. But, you know, they say pro wrestling is man's modern day theater. If that's the case, then I guess he fits in there somewhere. But I'm not sure exactly where at this point. It's out there. You have two guys who don't clearly don't understand the business and they didn't when they were wrestling for other companies and now they have their own wrestling company. That's the definition of irony. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the speed team over there at Portillo's. <laughs> Straight up dumpster juice. Wow, just wow. We are in the heat of, of March Madness, and, and what, what comes after March Madness is uh, a little thing called WrestleMania. We talked about it earlier earlier in the show, WrestleMania moments. This is kind of what I mean here. So I, I said we were going to talk about the matches. We're not going to go through the entire card, per se. WrestleMania, again, and, and I think as of right now, this is the last year that it's planned to be this way, is a two-night show. As of next year, I think it's, it's planned to be a one-night show again. Okay. So anyways, it's ha- WrestleMania is happening. Uh, April 2nd and 3rd, Arlington Stadium, home of the shitty football team there. Go Giants. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you have, you know, of course, the, the, the big one is, is Lesnar versus Reigns. It's, it's a unification match. That's your big selling point. Okay, that's fine. You know, they've been, they've been pushing that for a while. Not my cup of tea, but... They've been pushing that one for a while. It's finally happening again. But you look at the, you know, you, your, your two women's championship matches. Okay, I get it. I hate Ronda Rousey. I think she's a shit wrestler. It's not her thing, but she's going to be challenging for the belt. I think Becky versus Bianca is well overdue. Should be a decent match. Those are fine. The only other match that, and I, again, not my cup of tea, but okay, I get it. It's not really a dream match, but it, I guess it's a dream match. Edge versus AJ Styles. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I I agree. But that's still you don't have anything for those guys. Okay. So you put them together. Looks like Edge is getting has more of a heel persona now. Fine. That could be a WrestleMania match. And then the rest of the, the, the two keep in mind it's two nights. Right. The rest of this, holy shit. I listened to this shit. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, which we knew was going to happen. Yeah. Nobody fucking cares. Nobody asked for that shit. <laughs> you know, every time you say that, there's like 20 people that want to see that match. Unfortunately. Come come find me. <laughs> I will take you all down in a, in a dark alley. Get the fuck out of here. The, the, the Mysterio Boys versus Miz and... <laughs> the Mysterio Boys. <laughs> yeah. Versus the Miz and and Logan Paul, who was that YouTube kid? Yes, that's that's a fucking match. YouTuber turned uh, professional boxer, or no? Is that what he is now? I suppose anybody can box these days. <laughs> Straight up dumpster juice. Giant Knoxville versus Sami Zayn is happening. Apparently not for a belt though. So oh well, I, that's that's a plus now. I guess that's a little bit better. Yeah, right? That's a little bit better. Straight up dumpster juice. And then and then that Pat McAfee douchebag versus Austin Theory oh, that's is right. a match. I understand sometimes you have filler matches, but Joe, you have four four fucking filler matches that are happening. WrestleMania moments have now become a needle in a haystack. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Because, I mean, if everybody has a WrestleMania moment, then are they still that special? No. But where's the WrestleMania moment in any of these matches? 
Yeah. Uh, well, potentially AJ Styles in there. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because, one, it's AJ Styles, True. and he knows what the fuck he's doing. True. And two, it's against Edge, who, better or for worse, is back wrestling again. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't, I haven't seen very many problems with his performance since he's been back. But, again, like you said, nobody asked for that, man. <laughs> nobody. Straight up dumpster juice. I'm a, I consider myself an AJ Styles fan, and I didn't ask for that match. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure AJ at some point had requested it, or or vice versa, and they both agreed, obviously. But other than those people, nobody asked for this. But you're right. And then now, I, I don't know if you heard, but Becky Lynch may be legitimately injured, and I heard she that. might be out for two weeks. Okay. So there's a shot that she might not be ready for WrestleMania. So there goes Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks, if that happens. Everybody thought Pat McAfee was going to fight uh, Vince McMahon, and now it's Austin Theory. And I'm not excited about that either, because I'm sure Austin Theory can handle his own. And Pat McAfee has shown that he's got a little more uh, tout to him than everybody thought. But realistically... Are we talking WrestleMania fucking moment here between these two guys? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Brock and Reigns? I'm not interested in that. Straight up dumpster juice. Is there a WrestleMania moment in there? I'm sure there's going to be one shoved down our throats. <laughs> well, I mean, I imagine you have to have something because it's the title unification match. I mean, it should mean something, right? On paper, at least. On paper, I'll give you that. On paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you, you know, you know. For me, first of all, shouts out to AJ Styles. You know, he he proves that uh, it does pay to be a sellout. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Three million dollar man. Yep. Three million dollar man. You know, never has to wrestle again in a day in his life. I say that because there's no wrestling in WWE. Straight up dumps the juice. Oh, he doesn't have to wrestle, even with that statement, because he knows his fundamentals, and he knows he can sell his ass off. Yeah. So he just, he sold out to sell himself for $3 million a year. Yeah. Got, I'm not mad at him financially. Gotta, gotta love it. <laughs> but... But at the same time, the it, I think there's a lot of wrestling fans that you know, will give you kudos, but also fuck you for. <laughs> but again, three million dollars a year. I mean, that's kudos to him. I, as of right now, we don't have Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold. No, right? but it's a segment. It's going to be uh, Kevin Owens' talk show, and he's going to have Stone Cold on there. And I'm sure we'll. I agree with our buddy Rob there. What's up, Rob? I agree with Rob. It's probably going to be one of those, you know, he comes out and does the talk show, mm -hmm. and then they get into a little bit of a scuffle, and then Austin stuns Kevin Owens, and then has this little Austin moment where beer is had, and, that's and, it, right? and that's it. Yeah. So, I hope it's nothing more than that. I already don't like that to begin with. I, You know, in our Facebook group, we were talking, and I said, you know, why can't they just take the time and effort and put it towards the talent they already have to get them over so that they these people come up and not only become the superstars that they tout these people to be but also they get a chance at a Wrestlemania moment instead of having some stupid shitty little gimmick of a talk show happen in the ring you know I mean, what the fuck <laughs> shouldn't Kevin Owens be wrestling somebody so that he could possibly have a, a Wrestlemania moment and for the love of God I know you're not going to say this, but you people listening to this podcast, don't you fucking dare say that WrestleMania moment should be with Steve Austin. I love Stone Cold. He's our fucking theme music for, yeah. for crying out loud. <laughs> but 
No, Stone Cold does not need to come back and wrestle, even even in a half-assed manner, to appease you people. I got into a fucking, oh my god, Matt, I don't know what is wrong with me. A few weeks ago, I got into an actual internet argument with uh, fanboys. Which, it happens. Which, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of, but yeah. it happens, and I did it. Because I had a bunch of jabronis trying to tell me how Stone Cold coming back to wrestle Kevin Owens was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm like... Straight up dumpster juice. Why can't he just stay retired? Even if he's in shape, no matter how great a shape he's in, why do you have to have that happen? Yeah. Why does that have to be the, the penultimate fucking situation for you as a wrestling fan or a sports entertainment fan? You know, and and then, much to my chagrin, I said something to the effect of, "Well, you guys are probably fucking Goldberg fans," which to which they all agreed. So, I think that speaks volumes as we see uh, the fans have tons of signs over here. That, on that, uh, that'd be like having Joe Montana come back and play for the 49ers right yeah, now. Yeah, right now. Yep. Just like yeah, I get it. You loved yeah. him back in his. I'm not doing anything. I'll I'll, I'll play one game for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's yeah. It'd be, it'd be well. It'd be like if um, you know if, if Jimmy Garoppolo got got the 49ers back to the Super Bowl and Joe Montana says, "I got a kid." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it taps him out. <laughs> you said the second half. <laughs> yeah, it's, somehow Jerry Rice ends up on the field. Also, it's like what the fuck. Like, like they had their time. Stone Cold had his time, and it ended. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I I wouldn't mind seeing him on TV every once in a while. I say, hey, remember me? Do you know? Cut somebody, uh, you know, cut a promo. Maybe give somebody a stunner. It doesn't have to be Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, though. Thank you. Could be Kevin Owens on Raw. Could, right. Could be Kevin Owens on Raw. You know, I, I mean, that's all that it needs to be. As far as a wrestling match, if you're really a fucking fan, you shouldn't. You shouldn't want that because Stone Cold fucking hurts. And and don't, don't even sit there and fucking try to tell us about how, well, they're in Texas. Don't you think he should be there? Yeah, I get that. I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> yes, he probably should be there. But it doesn't have to be in, in what they're trying to do with him. He could... He could fucking host the at least night one or night two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that'd be much more fucking entertaining than him doing the fucking talk show gimmick. You honestly could have just had Stone Cold randomly, like you, you know, your match ends and whatever, and the crowd's sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear the glass break. Stone Cold comes out. He can go out there, fucking do his four corners thing, pose, drink some beers, and walk out. Yeah. Same effect. <laughs> You're going to get the same fucking pop no matter what. It's... Kevin Owens could go still have a match with somebody, you know? But who am I, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One, you know, you talk about title unifications, and we know that's going to happen. I don't I don't love that idea of them. Uh, not that I watch a lot of WWE these days anyways, but I don't think they're in a position to do that. I think you have to have, especially when they're the U.S. title... Which apparently is now held by Finn Balor. I didn't. I just realized. That. Yes, Finn Balor is the current United States champion. I don't even know who the Intercontinental champion is. I thought it was Sami Zayn, but apparently he's not. I thought it was Sami Zayn is as this, well. Is it still Sami Zayn? I, I thought. I, I I thought he. Unless he dropped it to. Someone. Oh, he did. He lost it to uh, Rikachet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Congratulations, yeah. Rikachet. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Rikachet's the Intercontinental Champion. He's by the way, he's he's probably gonna be wrestling on the on on the pre-show. Fuck. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you have a t- go on WrestleMania moment. Like, who who has more fucking potential than Ricochet? Right. And oh my god, that would, you're right. He's probably gonna end up on the fucking pre-show. Finn Balor's United States Champion. Ricochet's Intercontinental Champion. As of as of right now, they don't have a match. I could change, but which is my point? You're unifying your your your, your world, two world titles into one world title. Whoever's gonna win, whether it's Reigns. Or Lesnar. They're going to be champion for a long time. They're going to be untouchable. And you have to rely on those secondary titles now. And what do you do? You don't promote those titles as relevant belts anymore. Even though they're held by talented guys. I'm not a Finn Balor guy fan, but he is a talented guy. Ricochet's a very talented guy. And you, you're you not promoting those those belts. Straight up dumps the juice. I, <laughs> look, I, I get it. I'm not a multi-billionaire who's ran this company for you know 40 plus years but you can't tell me i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about you you have to have titles that are respected in order for your shit to work and right now you have in in the wwe you have the universal you have you have your world title because it's going to be one belt whatever they're going to call it you have your women's titles which right now they're doing a decent job and keeping them relevant and that's it their tag belts i I don't. I couldn't even tell you who the tag champs are anywhere. You know. Yep. Same here. They still have the the twenty four hour belt. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit about. You know. And then and then here's another one too, which doesn't. It's not a huge talking point, but it's it's interesting. Is the the women's tag team belt, which they made such a big deal about when it was unveiled. Here's a match that's happening. At, so you have you have Carmella and Zelina, who are the the champs. Okay. Okay. That seems like a fucking team that was just thrown together. It's a triple threat tag match. You have Sasha Banks and Naomi, who I'm not going to go down this route again because I've been down this road so many times. <laughs> but why were they put together? I'm just gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that to the imagination. Okay. But that was just thrown together, right? And then the other team is Real Ripley and Liv Morgan. So what the t- women's tag team belt has become is we got nothing for you. Yep. Yeah, you guys, you guys are a tag team now. Straight up, dumps the juice. Does does this the women's tag team title? Does it last this through, through this year going to next? What I mean to me, it seems like this is a dying belt already. I think I think more than likely it's probably on its way out, especially if they're going to start consolidating titles. And if that's the case, then yeah, absolutely, we'll see that go by the wayside. And it's a shame because it's not like they don't have fucking talented performers over there. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Again, just robbing more sports entertainers of that potential WrestleMania moment. I mean, you got two fucking nights. How do you not have enough figured out for two nights <laughs> at this point? Really? This, yeah, the, <laughs> it's it's a shame too because you know, like I like I like we we were saying, you know, the women's tag team championship when it first came out, it didn't have a a. By the way, I I, I want that that NWO. What's that called? Oh, the the poncho or the yeah, 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 okay. I wonder if they ever sold those. I'd buy one. I'm sure I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> you know, you have you have this crazy large like you had you had this crazy large talent pool and you were you're bringing in people through the NXT system and what have you internationally. You had opportunities there to bring in legit women's tag teams or or, or build them up to be legit women's like a legit women's women's tag team division division yeah and then the pandemic happened and then nick khan 
takes over, and he just cuts, 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 cuts. Straight up dumps the juice. And now your 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 talent your your division is depleted. You already have an NXT and a WWE, so you have a separate talent pool that way. And then you all you also have a Raw Women's division and a SmackDown Women's division. You are so fucking thinned out on your talent pool. There's no way you can have a respected tag team division for the women. It already shows. This is now a situation where Sasha Banks, who's a who's a somebody that main event of WrestleMania last year, we have nothing for you. So here's <laughs> here's Naomi. You go 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 do that. Real Ripley, a legit somebody who's main evented WrestleMania in the past, or or I shouldn't say main evented, but headlined WrestleMania in the past. We got nothing for you. Here's Liv Morgan. She sucks. She's your partner now. <laughs> Straight up dumps the juice. That's what it's become. Carmella and, and Zelina. Nobody knows who the fuck you guys are. You guys are the champ. It's unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate because it was a good idea when they came up with it. And just like a lot of things that they do, they just didn't implement it correctly. And, and now it's, it's on life support. I want to know how they differentiate... Hey, we don't have anything for you, but you could chase around the title 24-7. Or you're one of those, hey, we don't have anything for you, so we're going to pair you up with someone else, and you'll be in this match. Where's I wonder how they make those decisions. Those are tough decisions, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wonder how much like people like Akira Tozawa makes to dress up like a ninja, which is pretty racist. Well, he's in commercials now, too. So. Oh, he is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he got the Old Spice commercial he does for them. and I did not know he was in an Old Spice commercial. Yeah, yeah. Where they're chasing around the 24-7 title. Oh, jeez. Yeah, stuff like that. So, I mean, he's got an acting work out of it, for what it's worth. But, yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that we are out of time this week. There's a lot of mysteries in the... Uh, just like staying joined the NWO's mystery... <laughs> the, the, the oddities the oddities are a bunch of mysteries yeah the future of Ring of Honor is a mystery I do I do wish Tony Khan and, and, and the gang nothing but the best because I love Ring of Honor and and one last one last thing I'm a big CM Punk fan many of you know that I, I honestly thought he was still going to lose a dog collar match didn't matter to me either I'm at that point in my life where it doesn't I don't get affected by wins and losses. I just want a good match. I was, and I'm going to sound like a geek, and it's okay every once in a while, ladies and gentlemen. I was moved when he came out in the Ring of Honor gear and the Ring of Honor music. Yeah, yeah. It just it just took me back to what CM Punk meant to me as a as a teenager. Uh, so it was really cool to see that. I'm really happy that that uh, he he did that. It was a really really good moment. And with Ring of Honor being owned by Tony Khan. Yeah, I get it. CM Punk is is all elite, but who's to say that CM Punk doesn't pop in on a Ring of Honor show and puts on a match with the future of pro wrestling? That's what I do like, and I didn't mention it earlier. There is a lot of potential with Tony Khan and his money running Ring of Honor. I just don't, again, one last time, I just don't think that he should be booking. He should be involved, of course, it's his company now, but he shouldn't be booking. That's all I got to say about that. But I do. But but again, you know, a lot of mysteries in pro wrestling right now. It's 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 an interesting time because there was a time where we were just like, man, it's great. It's great to be a wrestling fan, and it is. It still it is. is. Yeah, it still is. But there's a lot of weird shit that's happening. <laughs> there's a lot of weird shit. But uh, but that's gonna do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. We are available on social media: facebook.com/slash twenty x twenty crew, 
is our official Facebook page. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at 20x20crew as we watch Draws and Road Warrior Hawk duke it out in Brawl for All. <laughs> Straight up dumpster juice. We're also available. Uh, you can email us, 20x20crew at gmail.com. Come and talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. And then, of course, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com where you will find all of our past episodes, merchandise, and the like. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Episode 127, I'm in heaven. Get your, it's in the books. We had Pertillos for dinner, so. But yeah, thank you. Thank you, as always, for, for the love and the support that you guys show us. Yeah, I've been Joe, right? right. Yeah, you're yeah, Joe. Yeah. And you're Matt. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are always fucking fantabulous. And until next time, we will see, see you, you in the, the ring. ring.